Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this thirsty Thursday, July 20th, 2023. And a billion-dollar Powerball ticket was received here in the great state of California. I didn't win. It wasn't us. We tried. My wife says we didn't win, but to be quite honest... I feel like if we did win, she wouldn't tell me anyway. So, did you get your nails done today, honey? Okay, she said she didn't get her nails done. She, I feel like she's lying. We might be billionaires, folks. All right, now the ticket was actually sold um, uh, <laughs> by uh, by where my wife's work is. So she thinks one of her coworkers might have been the billion-dollar uh, winner. Let's hope that we've been nice to them, uh, uh, and we'll have to see if we get any of that spill-off, some of that trickle-down billionaire lottery. Well, you know what they say is once you do the uh, once you do the um, lump sum, it's only five hundred and fifty million, and then after taxes, it's only three hundred and sixty million. So, what can you even do with that with today's produce prices, right, folks? Okay, hey everyone, it's uh, the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. Your boy Dave Neal. All the entertainment news, a lot of late breaking content. Charity fires back on Nick Vial. We have a top story. It broke an hour ago, and this is why we make the afternoon rush hour so topical because stories. They literally fall out of the sky. They come from nowhere. Charity snaps back on Nick and says, maybe it's time we stop getting dating advice from unqualified TV personalities who like bashing women for the sake of views. Shrug emoji. I'm going to share exactly what Nick said that could have led up to that. We've also got another hit story I'm sharing with you where Sierra Jackson uh, from Bachelor in Paradise snaps back or at least calls out Michael. Uh, Of course, she dated him on Paradise. So we'll have that story. Vanderpump and so much more. It's your boy Dave Neal, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's go. All right, where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, we're going to promote some of our favorite podcasts that are existing in our little uh, blogosphere here, our podosphere. And the first, of course, is Reality Steve. I say little podcast. He was featured in New York Times. You know what I mean? Hey, I had a blurb written about me in Washington Post. No big deal. He had a New York Times article, and I'm pimping for Steve here. So he uh, actually has some updates on the SAG uh, after a strike on his podcast. He had an editor of the, I believe, Variety Here's what they had to say. You can go through and read the entire document of what SAG is asking for and what their responses are. And a lot are just straight out refusing to even respond to it. So refusing to even respond to an AI proposal (laughs) instead of having a conversation or, you know, when they're asking for 58 percent increases in salaries, refusing to respond. It's that's the biggest frustration from what I've spoken to people out there on the line and talk to what they're out there doing is they want to be able to have an open dialogue and a lot of the studios are not they don't want to discuss a lot of these points and they they are thinking that what they are making is fair because yes while the CEOs are being paid the highest that's always going to be the case in any company in any industry that down the line the writers are on par with the others which is not true if we we can see that but that's it's it's very confusing it's a lot of people that are wondering the same thing you just asked what how can they be arguing this and how can this be okay which is why there was not even not even a question to when why this this strike was going to happen very fascinating so if you aren't familiar with the sag after strike and look i worked for nearly a decade as a background actor a lot of actors and people in entertainment and music will work as extras sag uh, extras probably makes up 95 percent of the revenue uh, or at least 95 percent of the employment that exists 
within the SAG union because you might have a dozen, uh, you know, uh, principal performers that have speaking roles and you might have a thousand that don't. And so anyway, uh, the producers, they want to scan people's bodies for like a couple hundred bucks. They could literally pull somebody off the street, scan them, and then use that indefinitely as background on a show. I mean, how boring and lame is that? And if you think this is just a SAG issue, they're coming for your jobs too. They're coming for all of our jobs, folks. One of the craziest things, which I actually didn't believe stories came out, there was, so obviously we're in the middle of a heat wave in Los Angeles. It's mid-90s, triple digits out here, 110 degrees on the streets. Can't walk your dog. You can barely stand out there. Your slides are, you know, uh, melting into the ground. You can, you know, fry an egg on a, you know, whatever. So, they trimmed the trees on the street where all the picketers were protesting. And there's other examples where they closed some of the street, uh, some of the sidewalks down. So strikers and picketers had to demonstrate in the streets and created an unsafe work condition. I kind of thought this was a fake story and I looked into it. And sure enough, the studios had hired arborists to trim the trees and get rid of all of the shade that existed as maybe a way to fight back on the defiance of the unions. Who who knows? They're actually looking into it. And uh, apparently in, in the area, I don't know if it's Burbank or Hollywood or wherever this took place in Los Angeles, but in that area, production companies and employers can trim their own trees on that street. Kind of like, you know, I don't know if you like when I lived, um, when you live in New England or whatever, you're kind of responsible for shoveling the sidewalk in front of your house, you know, all that jazz. So they are, they are allowed to trim the trees, but you need a permit for that and no permits have been pulled. So there's a tree trimming investigation happening out here and it's just a wild story and sadly people say oh dave don't make bachelor and don't make entertainment news political and it's like if this is political if how employers people of authority the billionaires the multi-mega millionaires if this is how they treat their employees you know what what are they getting away with that people aren't noticing? Do you know what I mean, folks? And so many, so many people wrote back to me and have shared stories where they've, you know, been replaced by technology or they're, they got aged out of their job and this and that. It's happening to everybody at a staggering rate. And yet somehow these these production companies, these corporations, they've done pretty good PR to make half the country think that they're the good guys, that we can all aspire to be mega millionaires if we're just like them, when in fact we're overworked, we're exploited, and it's a real issue. It's really an issue we should all come together on regardless of political affiliation. But either way, Hollywood is on strike, and how is that going to affect The Bachelor? Well, the Hollywood Raw podcast, which is a couple of paparazzi guys, discussed their thoughts of The Bachelorette. Have a listen. Be The Bachelor. I watch. You know what? I might watch the old Bachelor. Are you gonna watch this new The Bachelor with the old guy? No. No, you, the Bachelor now they have they call it like the Golden Bachelor, and they're picking like no, a senior. still no, no. I, I just we we got out of the Bachelor Bachelorette like the the franchises a long time ago just because I don't know they switched it up and I didn't like the switch up so much and we stopped watching it so it's hard to get back okay. into a show like that when you're been out of it for so long they, the, right. the, they didn't switch it the problem is is that they didn't switch it up you know they haven't really switched anything up well the golden one is something I might watch because I'm just kind of curious but I, yeah. again I don't watch The Bachelor and I'll tell you what I don't know if I said this recently but I ran into the new Bachelor Rets recently Charity yeah was he, is he cool Ooh. Oh, not cool. Not cool. Not nice. Like, just sucked. Sucked. (laughs) 
<laughs> she, she just sucked. And I, as a person, she just sucked. And people were like, why? Ooh, you, you maybe no, she, she just was not pleasant. You're just bleh. Yes. Yeah, so mm. just not cool. And it's like, if you had that, please tell us an example of why she wasn't cool. And again, you have to remember they're paparazzi. So they probably go, they probably show up to LAX and, and, and go, Hey, charity. And they turn around and they, Oh, she wasn't cool. Maybe she was freaked out, bro. That job. You should just be so fortunate, so appreciative. And I think I said, if you're 30 guys competing for, I think some of those guys would be like, yeah, guys, maybe we shouldn't be competing. This is not worth the fight. Yeah. It's like, everyone's <laughs> it's not worth so it. anyway, there's a lot of snark there, but no real evidence as to why they feel the way that they do. We're going to get into more stories about charity. She's actually, and again, trust me, we're, 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 we're here defending her. We're at the gates defending old charity here, but um, she's getting slammed left and right by some of these bros. And we're going to discuss it right after I share a quick word from our sponsor, which today is microdose gummies, a very happy to have microdose as a sponsor of bachelor rush hour, maybe charity could take a microdose gummy and calm down after all the heat she's getting out there. It's an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good, can help you curb your anxiety. Oh, you've got podcasts calling you stupid and saying you suck? Have an edible. <laughs> It'll calm you down. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, that's microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. Yeah, 30% off. You're going to need it folks oh boy so let's keep this party going so that's what they had to say about charity i'm going to share the beef that nick has but first let's go to another story which is a top story on my youtube channel today sierra jackson on one of our favorite podcasts she's all batch as you guys know she's all batch uh, hosted by fans of the show not alumni but fans of the show jackie and stephanie some new yorkers and they are great at what they do and they are able to get contestants to talk here's what sierra had to say about dating Michael on Bachelor in Paradise. He was like, yeah, they want me to be the next Bachelor. I don't know. Like, I'll see. I'm not going to do Paradise. Are you going to do Paradise? He kept kind of pushing it. And I was like, dude, why do you want me to do Paradise? But then I found out through Jasenia that he also messaged Jasenia asking Jasenia if she was going to go to Paradise. Also, he asked Hunter, talked to Hunter about it. So he knew Hunter was going to be there too. So he knew Jasenia was going to be there. He knew I was going to be there. He knew Hunter was going to be there. So he was trying yeah. to make sure that he had a connection. I feel like, I don't know. He wanted to make sure that he had enough connections that seemed genuine because he was talking to them before the show to make sure that he could last. So that was Sierra saying she thought Michael was manipulating her and other women so that he can prolong his time on the show. And to be quite honest, she's probably right, but also that's probably what everybody does. As we know, Bachelor in Paradise, it's all about getting, you know, a rose and, uh, you know, knowing who on the beach likes you. So you have to be likable to multiple people and then also wait for your person to come onto the beach. And it's, uh, you know, it's not exactly healthy for relationships, but it makes for an interesting season. So do we blame Michael there? I don't know, folks. I truly don't know. Now, I'm going to go sideways to a non-bachelor story. Again, we're going to get to the charity story. We've got a Vanderpump story. But also, we have this Jason Aldean story. As you guys know, and again, I got the three-star review. Don't make everything political. Look, this is the world we live in. These are the conversations we have. Jason Aldean, who, by the way, I've been a fan of his music. I think he's a good country musician. Maybe he's cheesy and he's super mainstream like most of the you know pop country we see here. But... 
he makes this um, he makes this uh, he has a song called Try That in a Small Town and again we covered it yesterday but now we have Janine Pirro defending his video and saying it's a it's a message to Black Lives Matter protesters when in fact the message in the video was more towards I guess you would you could probably accurately say Antifa it was uh, the message was basically try what you're doing in cities in a small town try spinning on police in a small town see what happens he essentially in the in the lyric says we have guns in small towns and of course people responded to that by saying bro you're from macon georgia a town of 150,000. you live in nashville a city of 1.2 million so the idea of try that in a small town can be sort of grifty uh another uh cheryl croak uh, uh called him out and then another musician said hey why don't you try writing a song yourself that's what we do in a small town of course you know just go you know going to the fact that he's you know a beast of a musician who probably just has writers and this and that anyway here's the pretty actual nuanced conversation or maybe it's not nuanced but this was on fox news and at least there was multiple opinions i don't mind uh, cable news as long as there are there are pushbacks to different opinions whenever anyone's trying to sell you the same opinion that's annoying to me but at least here we have multiple opinions and then the audience can try to uh you know figure out what their truth is that it deserved to be pulled. I think it's a, you can have a conversation about it because it's not just saying, you know, this doesn't happen in small towns. It's saying if it did happen in a small town, we've all got guns and we're going to take matters into our own hands, which is vigilantism. No, it's and, a yes, good it's message. Oh. And so she calls it vigilantism. And then the other host says it's a good message. Of course, this is after CMT, Country Music Television, pulled the Jason Aldean music video, which, again, who's actually watching CMT? No one watches any music videos on TV again anymore. anymore. So it's really just an outrage situation that exists. Uh, the song's still still exist. It was released several months ago. It's just now finally people are seeing the visuals of the song and saying, hey, this is really messed up. This is playing into the divisiveness of the country. What we really need, I believe, is country music that unites us all. I think we need to find all of our areas that we agree on and not disagree on, or pretty soon the fabrics of our country are just going to be ripped to shreds. That's my opinion. Now, it stops it. Your that is message not is my vigilantism. Well, I would also say that I do think it's a strange choice to perform this in front of a courthouse where a boy was lynched, an 18-year-old was lynched in 1927. Do you think he knows that? that? You know what, Je I Jessica, hope that he does. If he doesn't Jessica, have good enough advance There have been people, so many music videos and so many films in front of, places where in people front of are that exact location but and no one think, said anything. Don't you think he's trying to show that there hasn't been that much progress and that, you know, with Black Lives Matter is is violating the law themselves at this point? I, rioting and I'm burning. just saying, I am... And by the way, Jason Aldean did release a statement saying there this this song wasn't race based he he at least said it wasn't race based but the problem is when you make a song that's so divisive in vitriolic pinning cities against country you know against the countryside or whatever you're letting people fill in the gaps there imagine that there are available courthouses where an 18 year old boy wasn't lynched all right, so that's that's on TMZ the the I uh, the, the article I just played, um, and it's it's uh it's it's nasty and wild out there, and we're gonna have one more country story for, to get to uh, Miranda Lambert. That's right, we're gonna talk about it real briefly one more time right after a quick word from our sponsors. 
So as you know, there's a real litmus test out there based on what people think of this Miranda Lambert stopping her concert to scold people for taking a photo, which again, we we kind of found out was multiple photos. They did it for several minutes. It was disturbing other people. And a lot of audiences, Dave, you're completely wrong on this. Just because you can stop someone from taking a photo and stand up, it's very different in in uh, music. And maybe, maybe we've normalized a culture where audience is too busy on their phones, not living in the moment. Maybe that's true. I got a comment from uh, uh, one of our power listeners named Katie. Here's what she said. Hey, Dave, finally listened to today's podcast much later than I normally listen, but I completely agree with your take on the Miranda Lambert situation. My husband and I saw Adele a few weeks ago, and I've been dreaming about seeing her for over a decade now, and it was by sheer luck I happened to get tickets. I knew this was going to be a once-in-a-lifetime type of show, so I wanted to be completely focused on her and her performance. But there was a couple in front of us FaceTiming people and literally live streaming the show on Instagram. They were talking so loudly and shouting out people who joined the live stream. It was so incredibly annoying and distracting. I wanted to say something to them, but I also didn't want to ruin my time. So I completely agree. You are paying to see the performer and not have to watch it through someone else's phone or be distracted by them. That's my two cents. Anyway, I completely agree with you. I think we should get to that part in society where clearly with stand-up comedy, we've realized phones are distracting. I'm on stage talking. I'm breaking the fourth wall. If you're going to be on your phone or if your phone's going to go off or you're going to check your emails or whatever, I'm getting you either thrown out or I'm going to do crowd work to get you to shut up. I'm going to shame you in one way or another. And we're fine with that. But it, we really haven't seen that too much in music. But lately, we've had we've had audience throwing their cell phones and literally sending musicians into the hospital. And it's like, what the heck is going on out there? What is happening? So for Miranda Lambert to shut the show down and say, quit taking selfies. Enjoy the show. Look, call me a boomer old podcaster out here, but I completely agree. Let's normalize rallying around and being in the moment, if only for that hour-long performance. You can go YouTube her music videos after. Well, I want to take a photo to commemorate why I was there. And I, 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 I respond to that by saying, why? Why? Go, go to the merch stand, buy a t-shirt, <laughs> go take a photo afterwards, but just be in the moment. You're not going to look at those photos again and conjure up the same sort of feelings you would have felt if you were there in the first place. That's how I feel. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. All right, let's jump over to Vanderpump. Raquel Levis gives up her dog to ex-fiance James. Look who's back home. And there's an update to this story. This just broke. A source with direct knowledge tells us Graham was recently, that's the dog or the poodle or whatever he is, was re, not a poodle, whatever, you know, one of those furry little hypoallergenic, uh, whatever, dropped off at a shelter and was having behavioral issues, mostly a biting problem. Vanderpump Dog Foundation got alerted to Graham's situation and worked at the reunion with James and his pooch. Our sources say James has the dog in training classes and they've seemed to work. We're told James is super happy to have Graham back. All right, so that's that story. Can you believe we actually covered that? And in other Vanderpump news, Sheena was in a group photo and, and next to her was Tom Sandoval. Of course, we know Tom Sandoval cheated on Ariana and it was exposed. He cheated on her with Raquel, who's been in that mental health facility and that's why she didn't have her dog. And now Sheena is getting backlash from fans for taking a photo and being next to Tom Sandoval. Here Here's her response. I said, to go on a Instagram story rant or not. Don't ask me. You know I love a good Instagram story rant. Especially just, in the bed. I don't know why I feel the need to defend 
taking a photo with my hand like this. Okay, so anyway, I hate nothing more than when influencers will go on their Instagram and not mute the TV first. It just drives me insane. This is my Miranda Lambert moment. Shut the TV off, Sheena. Either way, I'll just tell you. What, so she basically says she took a photo next to Tom Sandoval. Uh, Lala Kent is in bed with her. It even looks like they still have their mic packs on, maybe. So they must have just done got done filming or maybe they're in a break. And she's responding to the fact that she got stuck in the nuclear sort of fallout, which is Tom Sandoval. But look the show is going on Tom Sandoval is in season 11 and they're going to be surrounded by him even if they spend the whole season fighting with him it's going to happen and speaking of fighting, we get to our final story of the day, and that's Charity. So first I saw Reality Steve on Twitter responding to Charity, and I didn't really know what was going on. Here's Charity's, uh, here's what Charity said, then we'll play, we'll say what Reality Steve said, and then I'll say what Nick Vial said. Charity goes, maybe it's time we stop getting dating advice from unqualified TV personalities who like bashing women for the sake of views. Then Reality Steve responded, and of course Reality Steve God bless him, loves a good Nick Vial pylon. And we know he's going to have more to say about this tomorrow. He said, gotta love it. The hypocrisy from that man is becoming more laughable by the day. I'd say do better, but he doesn't care. It's his world. We're all just lucky to live in it. And you go, what in the hell could Nick have possibly said? And of course, I already covered this on today's YouTube. You can go watch the clips, but I'm going to play a brief version of what Nick said pretty much calling out Charity's character. I'll play that right after a quick word from our sponsors. And I did want to also just quickly shout out uh, everyone who's been so kind sending me DMs. As you guys know, we've got an elderly basset hound, 14 and a half years young, and he had a little bit of a balancing issue the other day. He couldn't stand up and he was falling over, hit his head, took him to the doctor. Actually, turns out he's doing okay. His blood work's okay. He's just old and we're, you know, giving him some medication to make sure his joints feel a little bit better. But, you know, it's uh, times like this when we talk about all these petty arguments and people come together and clog up my DMs with love that I thank you guys so much. I really appreciate this community. It's really nice to have you uh, be so supportive of our little family, our fur baby, and all that it entails because we love our animals over here. No giving any animals over here up to adoption. Not going to happen, folks. We'll take them. We'll take your dogs. Who cares if they bite a little bit? We need that love. No, but seriously, uh, don't let your dogs bite anybody. All right. So anyway, here's what Nick had to say. Here's where he called Charity out, and then we'll get to her response. Question. A bit controversial. Okay. Uh-oh. Is charity a recovering pick me? Can you define pick me? Uh, does someone who is their default is to prioritize being picked? <laughs> He's literally just re you ever in class and you don't know the definition of something, so you just re say what the word is. Yeah, yeah, she's a pick me. Her, uh, she wants uh, others to pick her. That's what a pick me is. Well, in the uh, as far as the uh, uh, Urban Dictionary says, a woman who a, a pick me girl is slang and derogatory. A woman who asserts that she is unlike and sometimes better than most other women in order to gain attention, approval, or validation from men. Oh, I don't like other women. I'm just a baseball fan. Women don't like me because I'm I'm one of the guys. You know that type of thing. Uh, but of course, you can be you you can feel that way. It's when you sort of feel that way to just get male approval. That's what a pick me girl would be. Whether or not Charity fits that description is yet to be seen. And getting someone that they've decided in their mind that they really like. Like usually by kind of superficial or like, you know, looks or chemistry or the spark and prioritize feeling validated and picked by that person rather than building a strong mutual emotional connection based off of actual compatibility 
and, you know, things like that. I mean, based off of that answer of her picking Aaron, it's leaning towards that way. And giving too much credit for lines like, you know, getting down on one knee or just knowing she's insisting. And again, it's partly the show's fault because the show like wants the leads to say this, but like, I wish, I wish charity being the uh, family practice, you know, what, what's her official. Oh boy. He's going to use her job title against her title. Licensed family, licensed family therapist, therapist to validate behaviors, like thoughtful, like, Hey, I just, I, I want to take it slow and get to know you and, and build yeah. this connection yeah. rather than validating someone who doesn't know her saying, I want to get down on one knee. Yes. I'm here for you. Uh. I'm only here to get engaged to you. In fact, I wish charity would reward the possibility of one of the guys saying, you're an amazing person, charity. There's so much about you that I admire, but I just don't know if we're compatible. And, and as I don't know how, how this characterizes her as a pick me girl. Do you understand? I don't understand how this can be the case. It doesn't give us evidence as to her being a pick me girl. She just has to choose so many guys. You know, he also, and we cover this on the YouTube channel. You can go check out the, the fuller video where we also covered how Rachel Recchia called out Nick after Nick made assumptions about her character. And now we have Charity doing the same. But it's interesting because it's like, yeah, she's going to pick guys. Some of them might turn out to be F-boys. Some might not. But by Nick calling her an F-boy magnet, it's like it assumes the worst in her. When in fact, maybe one of these guys she already has on lockdown and she has to pick Aaron because she has to pick Aaron. You know what I mean? Like, it, like it's almost like he's got a confirmation bias because he's looking at it from a from a slight that is pretty negative. As a result, I think maybe just I should leave. And I wish she would reward that rather yeah, than punish it then punish it and, and take it as rejection and get yes. so rattled and then try to spin the truth to the other guys as if implying that she sent Brayden home when in fact he sent himself home. And it was the fact that he sent himself home that bothered her the most. I think I mean, well, I don't think it was that Brayden sent himself home that bothered her the most. I think it's because she was she was forming real connections with Brayden and she felt rejected. So it is correct that Nick, Nick points out that she was feeling defensive. I think that's fair. But what is incorrect is I just don't see any, look, if you're going to call someone a pick me girl, you have to have one, two, you have to have multiple examples of her being that. And it's because if it's just one time where she's like, Oh, I like playing guy sports. A lot of girls don't, whatever. That doesn't make her a pick me girl. It's like, it's almost like if someone's mean to someone else, it's not bullying. Bullying is the repeated, uh, you know, the repeated action of torment and being a pick me girl. She doesn't, she doesn't show those signs from what we've seen. Not at all. So maybe that's why charity was upset for sure. We'll have more on this tomorrow because this story will not be going away. I guarantee you that. All right, folks. Well, if you want to catch me live performing stand-up comedy, August 24th, I'll be in Seattle. Uh, Linktree.com slash Dave Neal. If you want to buy tickets, there are plenty of tickets left, although we have sold a good amount. It's going to be a fun crowd of Bachelor audience members and uh, fans of the podcast. Appreciate you guys so much. I'll also be in Huntington Beach August 17th. If you want to come to that show, that's at the Rec Room. I don't have tickets up for that yet. Just save the date on that one and so much more coming your way. I'll be back tomorrow. We are going to have a 
pretty wild Friday, and I've also I'm going to be changing the way I do Driving with Dave. As you guys know, I've been releasing my Driving with Dave audio episodes on Friday and the YouTube on Saturday. I'm switching that up. I'm going to now be releasing the Driving with Dave audio on Saturday and and the YouTube on Saturday, so you can decide if you want to listen to the conversations or watch the conversations on Saturdays, which means tomorrow we'll be back with more entertainment news. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Thank you.